Arsenal podcast with loads of fixtures to talk about and to discuss also the latest news. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host, as always, Aiden. Hi, guys. It's that time of the week again. We can the beloved Arsenal again. A lot of positives came out our last few fixtures. If we go back to Everton, we walked away with the three points. You know, I actually think you forgot about the false club game. But continue. Oh, yes, yes. It was, it was so, long in advance, so long in the past. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people wouldn't even uh, talk about that game because of the low priority. But uh, it's, it's actually, to me, a very high priority. The Europa League is actually um, a very big trophy I want to win the season. So, my bad to all about forgetting that game. Yeah, because um, it was a, a t- it was tough to a degree, but I mean, eventually we wore them down, and I mean, running out four to winners. I mean, the only problem I had was you know conceding those two cheap goals at the end through you know lack of concentration, and you know it, it's actually you know irking me somewhat because I'm just worried sometime it's gonna happen. You know, in a game that you can't risk, it might be like, say, a tough game, like a North London derby or a game against Liverpool, something like that, where, you know, you have these little, you know, blackout moments by certain players and it's going to lead to something that, you know, causes us to throw away points, which, you know, a person don't want to really risk, even at this time of the season. Like, you know, since we already came off two knocks early on in the season, now we, you know, trying to just build on upon our season. But, other than that, I mean, two fantastic goals by Aubameyang. Uh, in between, a Welbeck, uh, he sandwiched his goal, and then Ozil came on as a sub and wrapped things up. So, I mean, for that, was a solid performance. Only other problem that I had again with the media was, you know, the unfair criticism that Leno was getting because, you know, if you look at those two rifled shots into the top corner, he had no chance with either. I mean, it was through, you know, defensive midfield lapses, those two goals happened. And yet some people were, you know, very critical of Leno for that. Yeah, I think it's very unfair for them to judge him on, on a game like that, especially the goals were obviously out of the ordinary. But as well, the fact that he, he never had much to do in the game. Like, 4-0 mm. up, and like you said, the shots were out of this world. Yeah, and I mean, it's like just caught cold for me. It was like he was just caught cold with both shots. And I'm sure anybody would have been beaten. I mean, Peter Chick's been making some good saves for us this season, but can you remember those long-range shots that always used to creep in the bottom corner and you would think you would save that? So, it's... I would say it's very unfair to, to criticise him for that. I mean, it's not like he made a blunder himself, never got caught on the ball, never much judgment of coming out. Or, so it's it's just one of those things. You can't, you, can't, you couldn't have prevented that. And then, of course, we go to the game that you were talking about now, the Everton game. Again, the opposition, you know, the levels now, of course, were raised since we are now back to, uh, to Premier League fixtures. And I mean, Everton were also trying to, you know, somewhat pull their season right because they've spent big over the summer, as we said last week. And it's almost like it's that's kind of fallen flat. You know, the whole plans of of, of Marco Silva, 
it's kind of fallen flat. So, I mean, they were trying to also rebuild. But, again, a wonder goal from Luck, uh, from Lacazette. Yeah. And then, of course, we give it the offside goal. But, you know, we'll take it. And your opinions on the game? Um, I, I actually think that it was a bit of a justice at offside goal because I think we deserved the penalty for one of the handballs. So, oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I remember that a minute prior to it that there was a handball, yes, I remember that. And there was many times um, Arsenal have been not getting the rub of the green like season after season, so it's about time one thing goes away. And funny enough, it's a power young again the offside goal against Everton as well. Like yes, he mentioned, he mentioned that on Sky Sports. <laughs> yeah, so it was that. But one thing I liked about it is that we got our first clean sheet. Mm. So for me, that was a big a big plus. And another thing that I actually um, noticed or was happy about the fact that Arsenal, with the Charles, and like in the beginning, I would say the start of the first half, he was very much giving us issues, and over many seasons, there's always been a player from clubs. I mean, even last season, or last season against Watford, when he came and turned the game around. Yeah, because you know he has that knack to draw you in to make like a silly or like you know stupid foul, and he just knows. I mean, his his footwork. I mean, sometimes okay, I know he goes overboard with his theatrics and that, but I mean, he knows how to draw you know little kicks or flicks out from people. Yeah, and we so we have to give credit with Emre is the fact that you saw in the second half we kind of nullified him whereas in um like Austin Vegas side would have still allowed the player to keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on until eventually Arsenal would have probably thrown away that two goal lead or mm. conceded. Like I don't know, maybe spoke to them at half time or changed something a bit because you saw Richardson in the second half never had as much joy as he did in the first. Like I mean we we do have look of course we have Flaws in our game still, especially defensively. But you know, one thing I actually like, they have that, that, that more, they're more tenacious. You know, they, they keep on, they keep on, they will try, they try. So, as almost like we were mentioning the other day also, of where teams are buckling after a while because of the just the amount of pressure that you know we yeah. are pushing onto the teams, especially if you go in that last 15 minutes, we're really now pushing. I don't know if you mentioned it to me in one of our private chats. of you know, we're becoming almost like a second-half type team where we, yeah. you know, we might we might get rocked or whatever in the first half, weather the storm, and then we normally come back very strong and just, you know, overrun teams. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, before I go on, sorry to interrupt you. One thing I also want to say also big up to Peter Cech because, I mean, he played, I mean, he kept us in that game that first half when, when Everton were going, you know, gung at our goal. I mean, the sort of saves he was pulling out, I mean, that one from Calvin Lewin, where, you know, I first thought he positioned himself wrong and he actually came out sliding with his feet and it was like perfectly timed. And, he, you know, yeah, the ball he went for a corner and I think also he made one good save from Theo where, yes, yes, you know, just cracked that. the shot against his leg. You know, he made his body really big and it, the ball in, ended up cannoning off Theo's eye and out into that. Yeah, he had a nice foul uh, on his eye after that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, yeah. the one thing that I think that's changed now at Arsenal is that Peter Cech, uh, under Wenger, he knew he's playing the league and Ospina is playing you know, the league and other cups. But it seems like under Emre, if Peter Cech is not going to perform, 
his place will be out and he'll be playing those other games. So I think there's a bit of a competition now with Leno because Leno's mm-hmm. not going to settle for second best all the time and he's probably going to be the guy to take over from Peter Cech. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is kind of good at healthy competition that is there at the moment. And I mean, I, like I've also heard Leno say and I've heard Peter Cech also interviews where, you know, the camaraderie between the two is also very good and I, I find that also adds to the chemistry of the team because you've got that, that, you know, that brotherly feeling throughout. I mean, sometimes, okay, people say it, it gets, um, they go overboard, but, you know, with a giggling and that they're training fine. But you can see sometimes when they are switched on in training, yeah. I mean, sometimes they just show you certain things or it's edited. But when you watch them afterwards, when they are really focused on it, you can see. Because I think it was that other day they were talking to as well. I was watching a, uh, interview with, with um, oh, with Granit Xhaka, and he said, you know, like, Lacazette takes, you know, training game defeats bad, and he gloats if they win. And So it just shows you that you have that sort of, you know, that, 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 that edge already in training. They, they might not hurt each other in that, but you know, as a team, when they're playing these training matches, they're already pushing each other to that, you know, to get to the, another level. And that's what you need, and I feel this healthy competition is Doing wonders to people. I mean, Iwobi's game has, has, has turned up a notch. Even Danny Welbeck, when he's coming on, he's, he's taking his chances. Mm. Uh, and it's like everybody knows that this spot is up for grabs. And I think that's. And it's also like everybody gets a fair crack also now. It's yeah. not like, you know, I'm sitting and I'm sitting and I'm sitting and I'm not going to really get, you know, why, why do I have to? Because for me, when I used to watch Welbeck at times, there were periods, if, if nobody was injured, it's not like he would be really called upon, you know, like under Wenger. Whereas now he knows, look, if I'm going to perform like this on, on, on this midweek game, I could get a run out on the Saturday again or something like that. We look at uh, like Torreira now. He's now working himself physically in and now he's already playing. You know, he's more focused now on the, on the Premier League, the uh, Premier League squad. A, a big up to Torreira as well. Yeah. A really good game, and he picked up a yellow card, and he kept his discipline. So never, like I mean, I thought you could have gotten sent off. Maybe the I think the, towards the latter part of the first half, mm. where he, he made a tackle. But uh, I think that he did really well, and 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 was definitely staked um, the claim for that spot in the centre of the park. Okay, so we go on to the next game, which is the Carabao Cup game against Brentford last night. A 3-1 win, goals from Welbeck again, and Laka wrapping all the whole thing up. A ruthless performance, but again, some sloppiness midway in the second half, uh, which was somewhat frustrating. And I mean, you could see Emery paying Brentford almost that respect, bringing on his number one striker. Because, I mean, I, I do not see us going anywhere with that at, at 2-1. It was so on the knife edge, we needed something, you know, to tip it our way again. Because if you looked at the, uh, there, were the there was a period in that part where I mentioned we were slopping the second half, where it was actually looking like uh, Brentford were more likely to get the 2 2 than us getting, you know, the 3 1 type of thing. So, I mean, for me, it was perfect timing with a substitution. And you can see it was getting us to a stage as much as, as uh, Brentford wanted to, you know, fight for that last bit to get that equaliser. 
you know, I think they ended up throwing, I think, two or three attacking players on at the end. But, I mean, you could see, like, later on with, with the way we were now, you know, eventually now cranking it again up at the the, the last 10 minutes or so. That was when, you know, uh, we got again into our gear. So it was all the time to overrun them. And, I mean, yeah. it was a perfect ending with, with uh, uh, Luckers and Goby. Just almost like you just, like a battering ram just went, you know, yeah. went past the one and just ran through the other and then just smashed past the keeper. Game over. Yeah, that, 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 that was a very well-taken finish. I like that goal. Uh, but actually, out of the, a lot of... I think both these goals actually were very, like, from over this past few weeks, both these goals were really good strikers' goals. And I feel that will do his confidence a world of good. What I like also is that the, the passing up on the back with Leno in goals... Was was very this the transition was really smooth mm. with the way he gets the ball and passes out. And well, I mean, I must just add he did have uh, like some of the blackout moments. I think the first two minutes or so where he got the back pass from Mustafa, Mustafa, and he ended up getting his legs totally tangled, and he ended up I think back healing it for a corner or something like that. And I thought, are we going to have one of those games? But uh, you know, uh, he grew in stature as the game won on in the first half. And, uh, you know, the minute he now got to make his first, you know, real save, you could see, you know, confidence was in there and he started playing more calmly the ball out and, and you know, perfect placing also, picking out players like where he wanted. So, you, I mean, it, he impressed me then as the game won. It's a pity uh, he came with another long range again. Yeah, but when I was just, when, when they were um, discussing the match afterwards, um, you know, the pundits were saying if Welbeck, because Welbeck was trying to give commands to somebody that was on the end of the wall, I don't recall who it was, could be Emil Smith, you know? but just through him turning his head, that was actually where the ball went, with the ball held in by the judges guy. And, and what is your opinion on the Emil Smith, Ralph? I'm impressed. I mean, you know, I first thought, you know, it's a bit of a flash in the pan when you saw him against Atletico Madrid in preseason and, you know, when he scored that wonder goal also in that game. But, I mean, he's he's shown like he's grown in stature, you know, under Emery now. And you can see how highly he thinks of him because he's now, you know, drafted him into a Carabao uh, Cup squad side. And, I mean, that kid has done the business. I mean, the only thing that he still has, which, you know, what comes with time, because, look, he's still a kid, is that, you know, sometimes he gets rushed. He doesn't know, he, like, there were moments where he didn't know whether to cross or to shoot or, you know, moments like that. But, you know, it comes with, you know, it comes with the territory and, and he, he will learn with, with every game he plays. Yeah, definitely. He's still, he's still quite young. I'm sure he doesn't even know what he's having for breakfast in the morning because, I mean... Yeah. You know, when you look at him, you he, if you have a glimpse of, of the way he plays and you go back, say, to, to watching Hazard at, at Lille when he, uh, when he was quite young. Yeah. It's, you know, it's playing out roughly like that. I'm not saying he's going to be now a, a superstar world beater. It's how he chooses to go with his, his footballing, you know, when it, yeah. it guides him his destiny. But that's it. He does the same thing, like, you know, quick feet. Ball, he can shift left, right. And, I mean, he's got that little bit of turn-off pace. And I'm sure he's going to get faster as well. He's 
control, ball control, decision making is also going to come with time. So, you know, I just hope you know also patient with him because yeah, he, like, he looks like a real gem for the future. Yeah, I hope he doesn't turn to another Jack Walsh. Well, he wrote some heavy tackles last night. So, and I mean, you know, he just got up, dusted himself off, and played on. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we need. One, one player actually wanted to bring up, or maybe I've been watching the games wrong, but uh, I haven't been too impressed with Aaron Ramsey uh, this season. Yeah, but, you know, that is something I'm going to mention at the end of the podcast, because there is some other news that's now also come out with him. So that I'll probably also mention there about Ramsey. But, um, what did I want to say? Somebody like Gwendozi, he also surprised me because I really thought that ankle of him was done for last night when he got heavily tackled by one of our former players at Nico Yanaris. Yes, yes. I think he, you know, it's not like he just ran it off eventually. I just hope it now don't affect him because I would like him to even be on the on the bench again the weekend. And speaking of weekend, Watford at the Emirates the weekend, very what's tough. your take on the game? Very tough game. It's Watford haven't been doing bad. Obviously, they came but unstuck against United. Um, I do feel that we need to get the three points. We we automatically leapfrog Watford if we should should we take the three points. And with with that happening, we also get either two two to three points closer to either Liverpool or Chelsea. But I do feel if if we start strong, we we keep our the momentum going. I think we should be strong enough to beat uh, Watford. It shouldn't be a, mat- a case of if. I think we should beat Watford because they come into the Emirates Stadium and we shouldn't be putting ourselves in the category of thinking that maybe Watford could leak something against us. So, I think three points. I think if he selects the, the correct team with Torreira in it and Lacazette and Aubameyang. Everything around that, I think we can take the three points. Yeah, because, you know, my take on the game is, you know, keep it quick, you know, slick passing. Because sometimes the minute we slow the game down that, I mean, whether it's now or under the Wenger years, it's like it gives that team a sniff, you know, that they got a chance against. But if you do that, yeah, that, that little one-touch triangles and, and, and things like that. Quick movement. You can see it hurts teams over and over and over again. And I think that is where we should, you know, focus our game plan. And also, I want to now also mention one thing that, that that's, you know, kind of worrying me. I think I mentioned our previous podcast, but for me, at times, Mustafi's judgment of things in a game is, it boggles the mind. Because, Sometimes you'll see him, you know, having, like, you had uh, Rob Holding at times having to cover his backside, no? and then you had, like, uh, two weeks before, you had uh, Socrates having to also bail him out quite a few times in the game. Because even that game against Everton, when we were, you know, backs against the wall at, in that first 15, 20 minutes, yeah. we, I actually, there was a moment where they, they actually had it on TV where you could actually see Socrates telling him, you know, keep it simple and just get it out. Don't try to still dribble in the box or around the box because he normally does get caught on the ball. And, you know, uh, it's, it's still a while to, to 
you know, get Koscielny back. But I'm just thinking to myself, you know, then I would actually rather have Holding in because I feel more comfortable. You know, when I watch Holding and, and, and Socrates, you know, you know, things that keep smooth, running smoothly and what, no, you know, faffing about, just getting the ball forward. Or, you know, if they get the, if things open up for them, they start a run going forward. But for me, Mustafi does that, that bizarre errors at times. I wouldn't say he's, uh, say as bad as a Sigan or somebody like that, but I mean, some of the errors are in that category, like, you know, letting the ball bounce over him or mistiming a header or, you know, letting people get behind him, even though you're staring at the player that you're supposed to be marking, and the guy will still maybe dart in front of him and score a goal. I don't know. I mean, for somebody that that's a full international, I just hope we can sort that out. I think Socrates adds adds a lot, as you mentioned now. He he, he had a word with Mustafi, and I don't think Koscielny would have, you know, maybe he does talk, but he's not as vocal as that where he would have gone up to Mustafi and said, keep it simple. So I think that also adds a lot to to have somebody there that's going to come up to you and tell you, look here, this is not the way to do things. Like, make it keep it simpler. And cost the team much less by doing that. Okay, so we're done now with all the fixtures and the preview. So, on to some club news that I now, you know, found over the past few days. Um, Aaron Ramsey, that contract talks has actually now stalled completely. So, I mean, it really does not look good. And I, I don't know, I just wonder if it's going to be a case of him also going to slowly be you know, not not use that much. I mean, maybe sometimes for a league game or something like that. But you know, where they can use somebody else because you know, as as annoying as it is, knowing the fact we we could lose him because I heard like United and 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 Chelsea and some like some Italian teams also not sniffing about. We we do have people that can play in that position. Like, I think we have over enough, you know, central midfielders that are attacking minded. That I don't see, you know, problem. So I just hope if it if it happens like that, then you know, if he now really shows he has no interest in in staying, then we might as well, you know, sell in January then, rather than you know let him go out on a free because you know that money can still be invested in somewhere. I'm because disappointed that the way he's the way he's going about this whole situation, though. Yeah, but you see that the, the problem you can't really say it's just him. It's it's not like the, the the agent is also pushing it for probably maximum. And I think, look, he, he's gonna he probably wants in the region of close to the like say three hundred thousand a week. Whereas I think Arsenal probably offering him a, offering him either two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand a week. And I think that is probably where the agent is now thinking. Look, I have to get my cuttles out of this eventual deal. So they will probably be. You know, just whispering him in his ear, look, you can, you know, get maybe more at another club. So, I don't know how that's going to work out. And I also saw that we are linked with a Ren winger, Senegalese uh, international, Ismaila Saar. He's now also made now quite a bit of news in France. And uh, uh, Sven Mislintat is already, you know, keeping tabs on him, sent scouts out already to watch most of his games now that he's played. Because they said he's a real pacey winger, you know, tough, can ride a, a tackle. And they say his distribution is also quite good. So, 
this one, he could be one for the future because he's 22 years old and I think he's valued between 20 and 30 million pounds. So keep your eyes open for that. I do trust Sven a lot since, uh, and he seems to be getting our deals done quite quickly. So if, if, if he feels the player can add value to the squad, and we do actually, we need a winger that's going to get some chalk on his boots. Mm. Also, I want to just add on to what you said way earlier in the podcast today, Iwobi. I mean, that guy is, I don't know, it must be the Emery effect, but I mean, he looks hungry when he plays. He's, he's gunning for it now. Like, you know, his work rate, you can see something has changed in his, his game. Yeah, definitely. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of him. But he's slowly starting to win me over. Like when he came into Arsenal, uh, I thought he had a good future. Then he went through that period, and now he's. We are looking at him and thinking, okay, this guy actually can make things happen. And I think now we can also see why he was offered that. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, why he was offered that contract yeah, just before the season also started. Yes, yeah, I think we saw stuff in him that <laughs> maybe we didn't, and he's starting to bring it out in him. Yeah, so, I mean, I just hope, you know, all the best for him because he's now getting also like a regular run. He knows now, you know, what position. Because I think that is where he was always confused at Arsenal. Like, he did not know actually where he should be at times. You even saw him in a five-man midfield playing in the middle. Yeah. So, you know, he also, his natural position looks outside left also. And because he's also somebody that likes drawing, you know, a, a, a fullback out. Of position and then you know doing like a little shimmy and then skips pass and gets into the box to cross or shoot. Yeah, that's that's that I think is is, is going to be a big difference and to the team this season. Unlike before, where he was just a number in the squad, mm-hmm. so now I think, like you said, he knows his position and I think he could be a big impact for us in the league and the Carabao Cup and even now, you know, coming maybe as an impact player. In the Premier League as well. Okay, so we'll draw a line on that. Uh, want to say thank you to all our listeners as usual, and hope you guys listen and share our podcast. Thanks, support will be great. Bye. Play the game, guys. The weekend. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.